listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Since 2009, the Pharmacy Podcast Network has led the podcasting space for the pharmacy industry. This network of pharmacists and pharmacy technicians leads the podcasting charts with more than 2 million downloads, 40 different stations, and new episodes every week. The Pharmacy Podcast Network is the number one podcast for the pharmacy professional. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, and all your favorite podcast players. Join the Pharmacy Podcast Nation today. Welcome to the PsyQ Podcast. PsyQ is a free community and online resource library for mental health. Our podcast's goal is to share information, increase collaboration, and foster ongoing discussions that will lead to improved mental health care and patient outcomes for individuals with mental illness. Each episode provides scientific, evidence-based, educational information related to mental health, featuring thought leaders dedicated to improving mental health care together. Learn more at www.psyq.org. That's psyq.org. Welcome, Dr. Arnst. Thank you, Dr. Potassi. I'm really excited to talk today about digital health, and I really appreciate this invitation to just chat about different ways that digital health are playing a role in the pharmacy profession. Great. So the first question is, what do you see as potential opportunities for pharmacist involvement in digital health? Well, this is kind of a really great question because I honestly believe the pharmacy profession is in a great position to capitalize upon the use of digital health services for patient care. I mean, if you look at the global reach and if you look in the United States specifically, almost 9 out of 10 individuals live within 5 miles of the pharmacy. This is making pharmacists one of the most accessible resources and sources of care for anyone in the community. That being the case, we're also seeing pharmacists are involved in all healthcare areas for patients, ranging from the community setting to hospital systems across the U.S. We have seen a steady increase in utilization of clinical services, and this goes beyond just a traditional product model where we just dispense medications. Taking that consideration, examples I could, you know, just throw out there include we've made significant inroads in vaccinations for the population. Pharmacists are often turned to during the flu season to get vaccinations, but also other chronic vaccinations uh, throughout their lives. We're also seeing in some states laws being passed that enable pharmacists now to actually assess and provide prescription services such as oral birth control. We can also do point-of-care testing for infectious diseases such as flu and strep throat and also provide some chronic disease management in certain states such as managing diabetes or enabling people to be on statin therapy. But the big thing right now, I think, is that there's been a lot of new literature that supports the ability of pharmacists to remotely manage chronic conditions. And this is huge. There's a bunch of studies that have come out showing that pharmacists can make significant inroads on blood pressure management and treatment. And I would say this has seen great strides thanks to the rise of different technology that help with remote blood pressure and monitoring, and also with teleservices that enable pharmacists to work in a collaborative practice team to help integrate patient care and talk to their providers. Taking that all into consideration, the modern pharmacy can play a vital role in disseminating digital health products into the patient care space. 
And we're seeing this with different systems throughout the U.S. kind of adopting this kind of thought process. You have Auctioner's Health, who have this thing called an old bar in the South, where patients can actually go into a place and they can look at different like apps are for their health. They can look at different wearable devices that they can use and then that can actually be used in their care. And then we have companies like CVS and Walgreens, which are trialing these digital health spaces within their pharmacies. And you have CVS, for instance, that have just rolled out down in Texas, three pilot spaces called their Health Hub, which is hoping to bring in different digital tools to help patients with different disease modifications and treatments, such as dental for oral care and also for autometry to supply different ideas for vision and treatment and such. So we're seeing this grow up in terms of having the pharmacy being like this health coaching space for them using a lot of these digital health technologies. Well, that's great. It sounds like there's a lot of opportunities out there, and finally folks are starting to take advantage of them. So where are the current opportunities, and what advancements in the field will provide for more integration for pharmacist contribution to the healthcare team? I think the number one thing that pharmacists need to key in on right now is this whole concept of remote patient monitoring. It's definitely an area where the pharmacy profession has become very engaged with. So as I mentioned before, you know, if we think about the pharmacy becoming these health hubs that can sell a lot of these devices and that the pharmacist could be a coach that could help set up the device, why not just have us also be getting the data? Maybe like such as Bluetooth-enabled blood pressure cuffs that patients are using at home, why not have us basically assess the blood pressure coming in and then to monitor and adjust care as needed. I think the big push right now is for collaborative care models, and it's reaching a point where some of these chronic diseases can be managed by a pharmacist. So take, for instance, adherence. We know that adherence can occur for multiple reasons. I mean, it can be intentional or non-intentional. And it can be a huge cause for treatment escalation, where not only are the patients not taking their medications, but then their providers may say, well, maybe the drug's not working, so therefore we need to add on therapy. But that's really due to the fact that we don't have a lot of objective information to definitively guide care and help provide this feedback mechanism for patients and for providers to know about where therapy needs to go. So now we're entering an age where we can tell if a patient has swallowed their medication, used their inhaler or an injective medication correctly, and these are most the, the most commonly used pharmaceutically prepared products on the market. So taking into consideration, we can objectively measure when they're actually using their medication is a new data point we never had in the past. So having pharmacists remotely monitor patients' adherence makes sense for a number of high-cost diseases. And these, I would say, is really where therapeutic levels of treatment are kind of key in terms of you don't want people to forget taking medication because then they may not have enough in their body pharmacokinetically. So this includes treatments for infectious diseases, oncology, and psychiatry at this time. And I would really, because these drugs are either high in cost and entering especially drug market, or because the diseases themselves are high in cost as well, based on all the adjunctive care that goes on. So... That being the case, I would see other diseases downstream also entering this market. That could be like asthma and COPD with inhalers and diabetes or injectables. As such, I think pharmacists can serve as a great digital health coach that can not only help patients select devices or apps that would impact their health related to these disease modifications, but also help for their care and also setting up these digital medicines in this new era of digital therapeutics. 
Well, you have described some wonderful opportunities in management of long-term chronic medical conditions, but I'm sure the PsyQ audience uh, would be interested in what kinds of opportunities are there in the mental health space, and so how may some of these concepts and technology be coordinated with mental health services to provide a role for pharmacists that can lead to better patient outcomes? I mean, that's a great question, and I think the big thing is we talk a lot about digital health. The reality is this is not necessarily a new era or an idea of using technology for care. We can go back and look at other trials that have kind of investigated use of technology. Take, for instance, the STAR-D study, which um, used measurement-based care procedures to help guide patient care based on early web-based treatment monitoring systems. And that was just using a, you know, a web service just to look up information. But then, in addition, you have the Comet trial that showed telemonitoring help patients with depression improve their symptoms just by collecting data and faxing it to their providers. So taking into consideration now, we have all these mobile apps. I mean... About 80% of the population now has a smartphone or a cell phone, and about 30% now use a wearable device. So we have these new levels of data measurement that we can collect real-time assessments for patients that we couldn't do in the past because of feasibility. And I think pharmacists are well-suited to be part of this process in terms of this data interpretation. I think that this will start with specialty and clinic-based pharmacists initially. Several factors at play here is that these products are still new. So rollout is going to be massively in favor of those that get backing from payers, and that I think will take time. But nonetheless, I suspect due to real-world evidence studies that will be accumulating and other factors such as the FDA slowly coming on board and making new approvals, and also most likely we'll see guidelines being adopted suggesting use of digital health products, that these services will come faster than most people even realize in the medical community at this time. The cash will be the scalability of some of these services and products, though. Do you need to have a person set them up, which I would advocate should be a pharmacist, or is it something that gets delivered to a home or just downloaded as an app for the patient? And I feel that these are the current questions that still need to be answered at this time, and I'm hoping that new research and new pathways will uh, at least deliver some semblance of how future practice should be developed. In any event, let's say that we have a software product package come to market that can help patients with depression, for instance. We recognize that many patient providers are inundated with alerts, and this leads to alert fatigue and burnout that we're seeing across the medical community, and that a lot of the providers are wary of all this data being passed off to them uh, with these new technologies. I think it opens the door for many allied health professionals and mid-level practitioners to fill this gap and basically look at this data and use it and then monitor the data and act on it. So for pharmacists, maybe they track adherence and see a patient is becoming more sedentary and not as active much based on data collected from a patient's smartphone or wearables or a different app, and they can see the patient's medication history and see if the changes were made or if something changed with adherence, and then act on it, on it themselves or maybe alert the provider. And this would probably come down to some kind of protocol in the future, I would think. And what you're saying here really surmounts to measurement-based care for which there is evidence in depression treatment that it gets the patient more engaged in their treatment, improves adherence, and results in better outcomes. It also provides the prescriber with better information to make treatment adjustments. Digital platforms have the potential to provide additional types of data for better patient-provider collaboration in the under-resourced world of mental health services. Yeah, I mean, I would completely agree. I mean, if we look at this, like, as I mentioned, the Comet and STAR-D trials, I mean, these were early attempts back in the early 2000s using technology available at that time, using these telesurveys and faxes. And, you know, I mean, healthcare is probably one of the only fields that still use fax machines for all intents and purposes. But the reality is 
you know, how do we take the currently available technology that we have here and now that are in the hands of patients and really use them to kind of guide clinical practice and care? I think that's really the huge thing that needs to be focused on. And I think that's what where digital health can really deliver. Now, I think this really comes back to the point, though, is having a pharmacist involved, does this actually lead to better patient care? I think, by and large, this area has been debated for some time. I and I've seen literature go back and forth on this. I argue that due, due to a lack of scalable um, objective measurements and data tracking, we have not really been able to sell the profession as a means of providing really good value-based care out points. But I think digital health can make that much clearer because we will have this data and we will have this backing and we can say, look, having pharmacists part of this data management and providing out analysis can actually lead to better outcomes. And we've been seeing this with some push, such as pharmacists providing comprehensive medication management therapy. Um, and there's been a lot of pauses around that, but the reimbursement, I think, has really limited its use. I would argue that digital tools can really make this more efficient and profitable for pharmacists to be more engaged upon and get reimbursement for the time and effort in terms of providing patient care and also will lead to better patient outcomes as well in the long term. Well, what you're saying makes a lot of sense, but it does not come without some some barriers to getting all of this accomplished. So what do you see as as barriers or challenges, and, and how might they be addressed in the future? I would say probably the biggest thing, and this goes across the whole digital health space, is the data integration component. At this point, most digital health products work through their own portals, and they don't really integrate well with an EHR system. Taking into consideration, that could actually be a pro and con, depending on how you look at it, because a lot of pharmacists don't have access to an EHR from a hospital system, so these portals offer them a means to actually look at the data and engage upon it. But we're also seeing pushes for interoperability of data, which I think will occur in time, and that will allow pharmacists to be a better provider in the care of a team for a patient because they can actually see the data and act on it. The other thing that I think is really difficult is this whole topic. We often struggle with this idea of health literacy for patients, but now we're entering this era of digital health literacy. And I think it's going to be a matter of, you know, what app should I download? What technology should I use in my care? And I think pharmacists are going to be in a right position to serve as a digital health coach that could help these patients overcome these types of barriers. Lastly, it's going to be reimbursement for these services. I mean, if we talk about remote patient monitoring, where does a pharmacist be able to bill for such services to supply such care? I think with new CPT codes coming up from CMS, we're going to see some great advantages here in the future as well. And lastly, data relevance. And this is going to be a big thing. It comes back to alert fatigue, I think, in the future is what data do you need to intervene upon? Let's talk about adherence, for instance. Let's suppose I see a patient miss their dose one time. Depending on the medication, when should I intervene? Should I intervene if I don't see they take their medication after one hour or five hours? Who knows? I think that's where we're going to see more research come out and also perhaps guidelines and clinical protocols to help us guide and understand these areas. And I would say those are the biggest barriers and challenges I see coming down the path that need to be answered before we see a general uptake of a lot of this technology. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Onks, for sharing uh, all of your uh, knowledge and thoughts and insights uh, around this important topic. And as we move forward, you know, we know that there is a, a great deal of need out there for practitioners in the mental health space, and certainly pharmacists have a lot of value to add, especially as we know that in the future there's going to be a shortage of, uh, of psychiatrists, a shortage of mid-level practitioners, and pharmacists are 
very, very qualified to help in terms of filling in the space and the use of digital medicine can certainly be a valuable asset in terms of coordination of care and providing better outcomes for patients. So again, thank you so much for participating. We look forward to maybe some future thoughts that you'll have as we progress in this area. Thank you, Dr. Patasi. Always a pleasure and thank you for your time. 